You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma. Hosted by OMAG Director of Technology Services, Kevin Seesock. You're listening to the OMAG All Access podcast. This is Kevin Seesock, the Director of Technology Services for OMAG. Joining me today is Scott Klausowski, founder of Future Point of View, lovingly referred to as FPOV, just down the block from OMAG and a friend and partner of OMAG's for many years now. And Scott, we've asked you to join us today because I think it's time we demystify this, uh, I'm going to call it what it is, a buzzword about smart cities. So help me understand, help our listeners understand a little bit about uh, what a smart city is. All right. That sounds like a great place to start. Uh, and for those of you listening, uh, this is my second time on the podcast. And so I don't want to go into a big bio. Kevin mentioned uh, that I'm a founding partner at Future Point of View. So what might be important for you is we spend our lives at Future Point of View thinking about where is technology going over the next three to five years? How is that going to impact organizations, including cities and municipalities? So uh, I think that's the reason Kevin has brought this topic up is we've, we've given this thing a lot of thought. And you guys have worked with Oklahoma municipalities in the past on, on a variety of different topics. We have. We have, large and small. Uh, and so uh, I think it, it, it puts us in a good place to answer this question. And you're right. It's the first question to ask, which is, hey, let, let's, let's even talk about defining a smart city because it is a buzzword. And in technology, we are terrible about putting words on things like, like Kevin, NFTs, mm. non-fungible tokens. Ooh, Seriously? That's a whole podcast in and amongst itself. Who names these things? <laughs> I, I, people name things. I, I, I don't know if it's marketing people. I don't know how it happens, but they catch on. Like they get a life, like cloud computing, you know, mm. is another one. So anyway, smart city. Uh, terms been around for a long time. I, I often get asked in speeches, people will say, hey, will you define what a smart city is? Like there's this magic bar that you can set. You can say, okay, well, if you have this and this and this and this, now you're a smart city and there's only a handful of them in the world. And if you're below the bar, you're you're dumb. You're and a I, dumb city. And I want to point out now for all of our listeners, there are no dumb cities within the sound of my voice or even beyond it. That's not the point. Either. Yeah, and, and no kidding. So I think for all of you listening, the way that I would love for you to see this is there is a continuum of city intelligence. And it doesn't start with a dumb city at one end. What it starts with is analog. So it starts with a city that does most of what they do by hand, right? Manually. Yeah. 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 An analog city. And then and then I think you could look the next next level up might be a wired city. You have a network, right? You do email. Uh, but you're not automating lots of different parts of the of the city. And then I think you move up to a digital city. You're starting to automate some of the processes. You know, maybe you're automating uh, some of the bill collection. I mean, you're automating some things. Maybe you have a website and a little bit of a portal to pay bills. Yeah, great example, right? I think that comes under a digital city. And then I think you can jump up and say, okay, well, the next level up is a smart city. Why is it smart? Well, because we're automating quite a bit and they're starting to have some some data flow that's allowing you to make better decisions than you've ever been able to make before. You're able to see things from the city centralized that you've not been able to see before. I think about uh, like when you put electric meters you know, out. With an electric meter, from one chair in one building, you can see it all. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so to me, that's okay. Now we're starting to, to you know, be a smart city. And, and then there's things after that. And that's what a lot of people don't talk about is I think there's another level after smart, which I'll just say is an intelligent city. You know, intelligence, uh, like artificial intelligence, like you're using AIs and predictive you know, analytics and it, machine learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, now I think you're moving. You're not just smart. You're up into the intelligent world. And then there's a last one I think about a lot, which is uh, I just say an amplified city. It's amplified by technology. Technology is now able to make a lot of the decisions that humans would have made. You know, so it's highly automated mm -hmm. and it's amplified in its abilities to do things. So if you're listening right now, if you'll think about this continuum and then we don't get hung up on, okay, well, is my city a smart city? Because what Kevin and I have talked about before is I think uh, most of the cities in Oklahoma are smart cities. Yeah. They, I mean, I've seen this with my own two eyes too. Uh, digital, you know, uh, RF controlled water meters and some of our electrical cities will have, you know, smart meters and a smart grid essentially already. And I think... And I don't know this for certain, but I think they've all done this without intentionally trying to label themselves as, as a smart city. They've made these decisions for other reasons, including efficiency and overall cost, as well as, yeah, even potentially the ability to uh, predict demand and respond more appropriately to outages, for example. Yeah. Hey, if you have one stoplight and it's motion detecting... <laughs> you know, there's an argument. Okay, well, that's smart. It's a it's a stoplight that has some intelligence built into mm -hmm. it. It's not just pre-programmed. If you have sprinkler systems at the park yeah. that, that are digital, where they you know know the weather, and so they make a decision on their own whether they they sprinkle or not, which is not that abnormal now. Like there there are so many things in a city, even a small town that I think they're already starting to use digital tools to automate pieces of it, yeah. that they don't think of themselves as smart. You know, I don't know if this analogy fits real well, but I, I didn't go to college, right? Didn't go to college. I spent my whole life working in technology, and there's people around that think I'm a pretty smart guy when it mm -hmm. comes to technology, but I didn't go to college. Now, if I build myself as, well, I'm not smart, Kevin. <laughs> I didn't go to college. I don't have a degree. Right. You, you would say, oh, wait a minute, like you got a blue collar degree, right? You, you know, tons of things. Well, that's how I feel about cities and towns is sometimes I think they just don't give themselves the credit for what they've already invested in and what they're already doing to automate pieces of the of the town or the city. You know what they know to be, you know, ways to improve operations, ways to improve impact to their citizens. And it, it doesn't have to come with some playbook that, you know, from some Gartner article or uh, a textbook on smart cities. OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To enter, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is City. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck. What are some of these other benefits that we're seeing? I mean, I just listed off efficiency, you know, improvement to citizens. You guys at FPOV, and the reason why you're you're our local experts on this topic, have actually helped 
some pretty significantly sized cities go smart or at least adopt a strategy and a plan. And uh, tell me a little bit about that history, about some of the projects you've worked on. Wow. You know, we've done everything from we designed a smart city in Jingdao, China, uh, and the Chinese government wanted to build the world's most advanced smart city. They carved out a piece of Jingdao and said, we're going to basically create a, a city within a city. It was on the edge of that city. And they said, all right, what's everything we have to do to make this the preeminent smart city in the world? And that was a really fun project to work on because we did the design piece. So we mm-hmm. designed what's all the technology in the city and why would you use this? So we've done things like that. But we've also just consulted with cities who have said, hey, help us have a better digital strategy. Or some are saying, help us with the funding. Like, not only do we need help with a digital strategy, but how do we pay for this? Yeah. So, so can you help us with the revenue models you know, or the investment models that can help us move faster on this continuum, you know, that you just said. So, you know, we've, we've had experience with, I would say, kind of really large, you know, mid-size and then some small cities. And sometimes it's triggered because of a, a cybersecurity event, right? Mm. It's, you know, it's a, a concern about security. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be that, you know, that starts a relationship, uh, you know, but, you know, hopefully, it's not that, you know, hopefully it's a city manager or a mayor, it's leadership who says, hey, what can we do with technology, mm-hmm. right? With limited funds, with not always having the, the best talent that we can attract, uh, you know, with, with the hand that we're dealt, how can we move up this continuum that you were talking about? Like, what can we do? How can we put a plan together? How, how can we make things possible that don't seem possible today? That's a lot of what I think we've helped cities with over the last decade. Now, are there examples of, of uh, cities or towns making the decision to to not go smart, at least in certain areas? I mean, we do see a lot of technology permeating every area of our life. You brought up cybersecurity a minute ago, and you know, when you 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 adopt some risk when you take on technology. Yeah, I think that's a yes no answer, right? I think there are, I, I've heard city managers and mayors say to me, "Well, we're never going to be a smart city." who are automating pieces of the city. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, to me, it's like, well, you're saying that you'll never be a smart city, but your definition of a smart city, in my opinion, is flawed. Yeah. You know, I don't think you it, you don't see yourself as you're already on that journey. You're, you're already steps into that journey. But there are others who say it's eminent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's eminent. Yes, we struggle with the financial side of it. Yes, we struggle with some skill side of it. But it's eminent that all cities will eventually, let, let's just say, you know, more than 50% of their services will be delivered electronically. Yeah. And so uh, tell me <laughs> tell me a little bit about some of the uh, funding challenges, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak for our listeners right now and go, well, this all sounds great, but, you know, money's tight and it's never not. So that, it sounds like that's one of the first things you guys have to help them solve. I think it's the first thing that, uh, again, a mayor, city manager, city council, I think it's the first thing they should look at is not not say, hey, we want to be a smart city. We don't want to be a smart city. I think what they have to look at is how can we make investments over the next decade? How, how can we get the money and make investments over the decade to move our city or town to a place where we serve our citizens better. You, you had asked me a minute ago about, well, what are the things that you should be able to get? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a second, and let's talk about the resources because they're related. If you're building to, let's say, the intelligent city model that we talked about, the things that we're looking to do are certainly we want to serve the citizens better, especially the younger ones that are highly digitally literate. Mm-hmm. 
right? They want to be able to do things over a mobile app, right? So they have a little bit different profile, and I'm not trying to generalize, but, you know, older citizens, they've been doing things manually with the city for a long time. Younger are have been trained to do things with mobile apps or to do things electronically. So, you know, one of the things we want to do is be able to provide services to our citizens over a digital tool, as much self-serve as we can, mm-hmm. letting them self-serve their, their capabilities. So that's one thing. Second thing is lowering the cost of operating the city. People are expensive. Yeah. And so there's a picture I have in my head of if you're if you're Ponca City and you have 30,000 people, all right, what does it take to run a 30,000 people city like that? How many employees? And let's just say the answer to that is 200. Right. One of the things that moving you know, towards an intelligent city gives you is, hey, maybe we can run that whole city with 160. All right. Well, if that's possible, 40 salaries, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money. And that's why I want to tie this. What should cities be looking to do back to the money? So, you know, A, you want to serve your citizens better. B, you want to be as efficient with your costs as possible. Three, you want to provide capabilities that don't exist today. So I think about being able to press a button and make a 911 call from a mobile app, you know, directly to the city or to be able to get a certification, you know, electronically instead of having to be face to face and to file a police report, you know, electronically in some way without having to drive over to the police station. And you mentioned you mentioned the emergency response. And and I've actually seen a number of examples where technology has been used you know, to save lives, to catch bad guys, whatnot, you know, drone usage and text message call trees and notifications for citywide emergencies, stuff like that. And again, I think it's a perfect example of where cities and towns have kind of backed into this without ever deliberately deciding to go smart because they know that's the right tool for the job. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, they're automating a piece of the city and then not giving themselves credit for the fact that they did that. You know, yeah. back to my college degree, hey, I learned all kinds of things over the last 40 years. I read a lot of books. I mean, I did a lot of things. If I still said to everybody, well, I'm not really smart. I never went to college. <laughs> I, I would be negating the fact that I read all those books. Like I did Four all those decades things. of, of yeah. industry experience. Yeah. yeah. We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. We don't want to leave you wanting more, but to keep your time in mind, this segment will be continued on the next episode of OMAG All Access. This episode is copyright OMAG 2022 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.